Welcome to the Peaceful Power Podcast. I'm your host, Andrea Clausen, and today I have Heather Ivany on with us. She is a holistic practitioner and teacher of yoga, meditation, prayer, and Akashic record. So I would love to um, hear a little bit about Heather, where, where you kind of got interested in all of the things, yoga, meditation, and how Akashic record reading kind of came into the picture. Awesome. Thanks for um, having me on your program, Andrea. I'm super honored to be here. Yeah. Yeah. So the, the journey of yoga um, started for me about 25 years ago. Uh, I had been working in a very masculine dominated field. So I had been river guiding and forest firefighting for several years. And I knew that I wanted to continue in um, like a physical profession, um, a health related profession. But I was also acutely aware of how it was affecting my my constitution. So um, the fact that it was very labor intensive and very masculinely driven, um, ironically, I started to uh, decrease and even stop my my menstrual cycle. Mm-hmm. Um, I also noticed that I was just really feeding a masculine side within me. And at the time, um, my now husband, but we had just started dating um, at that time. And I, I sort of said, you know, this is kind of something that I'm, I'm curious about. I'd like to try this yoga thing. And I thought that it would kind of get scoffed at. And he's like, oh, thank God you want to do something more feminine. <laughs> so I just see that in you. And it's something that um, I would love to nurture and support in any way possible. So, wow. and so again, yeah, I did uh, my, my 200 hour teacher training in Victoria. And this was before like yoga studios were on every corner. So I had never actually even been to a, to a formal yoga class when I signed up for my teacher training. I was self-taught. I taught myself out of a book. Um, and I was always in the wilderness somewhere. So I wasn't taking yoga classes formally. So that was a bit of a trip on its own, was just um, almost like entering church for the first time. You know, when you haven't really been there before, it's a little bit uncomfortable there's, there's different smells that you're not used to. You're not sure where to sit. You're not sure where to like roll out your mat. Things like that took me a little bit of time to climatize to. But once I got invested in it and once I started to roll with it, I noticed that I had a lot of tools um, from my previous life experience that really formulated this ability for me to teach. So I had been teaching um, and coaching for many years. So that came easy to me. And I'd been meditating um, and I hadn't, I didn't even really connect like the physical asanas with meditation at the time. So I was pleasantly surprised that there was, that I had a little bit more uh, to offer before I, as, as I started to learn about, about the training. And then, it, and then it just went from there. So I, I taught classes and teacher trainings and workshops and retreats for, for 20 years. Um, Akashic records was not on my radar at all. Um, what happened with me was I was feeling this, this sort of tug and pull to go deeper with people that, um, that what I wanted to offer and, and, and be of service wasn't able to be, um, reached within an hour practice or even a two hour workshop. So this was kind of ruminating in my, in my mind when, when the pandemic hit and COVID started. And when things got shut down, I just had this opportunity to meditate for longer periods of time. And in that process, as I was meditating, there was a name that kept coming up. And by the third day when this name came up, it was, it was an old family friend, but I hadn't spoken to her in a very long time. 
I sent her an email and I just said, look, your name keeps coming up in meditation. I'm not sure why um, I'm being asked to reach out to you, but I have a sense that you'll know where to take it from here. And so she emailed back and said, well, I'm, a, I'm an Akashic Records um, teacher. Would you like to do an Akashic Records session together? And so in that first session was where she was able to um, highlight that I was already working with the Akashic Records quite extensively. I just wasn't doing it in a conscious form. And from there, she was like, would you like to do um, a level one training with me? And I was super curious. So I was like, yeah, let's do it. And then from there, it was right away um, to do level two. And then from there, people started booking. It just became very smooth, Andrew. You know, when things just, you feel like you're in that flow state and it just is happening and, and you're not the conductor. You're just in the current of the river. Totally. Yeah. So it went from there. And, and so now what I do is I, I do still offer Akashic record sessions for people that want them. But a big uh, part of my heart's mission is to empower people to be their own spiritual sovereigns. So rather than me being the one delivering the session, I can do that if that's what someone wants. But I love to also say this is not um, something that's available to a select few. If you would like to learn how to read your own Akashic records, I can show you how to do that. And I also incorporate it into a mentorship program that I have so that I'm working with the whole body when I'm working with people, not just the physical, not just the cognitive, but we also have this etheric level that we're working with. And it just helps people to accelerate and reach, um, reach their potential more fully. Mm. I love all of those threads mm. and how they all kind of just tie together. And that's how I found it as well to be in my own life of just like, okay, this door keeps just, you know, someone's knocking, knocking me finally, like, let's go down it. And, um, I just want to kind of back up just in case people who are listening, maybe they've heard of the Akashic records, but they're not really familiar with what they are. Can you explain a little bit about, you know, what they are and, um, you know, who might be interested in learning more about them? Yeah. And it's definitely like, um, it's an ancient, ancient terminology, but it kind of has gone underground and it's now starting to rebirth itself. So if, if anyone listening has never heard of this before, just know that you're not alone. You haven't missed a boat in any way or a memo in any way. It, it is sort of um, a terminology that is starting to, to resurface. So Akasha means spirit. It's a Sanskrit word. It means spirit. It means space. So um, if someone is more science related, then I speak to it in terms of the quantum field in that um, the quantum field is this vast space that holds everything. And you can hone in to a particular thread of energy and you can bring it in closer. People that are more um, visual by nature, I invite them to visualize it as like an etheric library where there is an energy that houses the Akashic records, which is basically the vibrational imprint of your soul. So every Every thought, every behavior, every action that we do has a vibrational imprint. And this is proven by science. This isn't just whimsical philosophy. It's, it's proven by science. So if everything has a vibration, it's being housed somewhere. And your particular soul has its own specific GPS signal. And what happens is when we go into the Akashic Records, it's like tuning the radio dial and you're honing in specifically to someone's soul, someone's GPS signal, and you can get information on that soul. So each 
when I go back to the etheric library, so if you want to picture that with me, it's an etheric library, and then every book on the shelf is someone's, someone's soul book. And so if I'm opening up my Akashic Records, you think of the librarian, they, they're listening to my request, they go to the library, they go to the shelf with my name on it, they pull that book off the shelf. Now, if you can imagine, if it's all the vibrational imprints of my soul in past, present, and future, then it's a pretty thick book. It's going to have a lot of like what would appear to me to be a lot of nonsense and, and, and information that doesn't make sense to me. So when I work specifically with, with what we call the keepers of the Akashic records, they will distill the information so that what is coming through and is shared with me is relatable to the present moment and um, helps you to get an understanding of, for me, when I work with the records, it's, it's helping people get a deeper understanding of what their soul's purpose is in this lifetime. Mm. And so the next person that works with the Akashic records, they might work on it. Like if you think of, if we go into the topic of yoga, a flow yoga teacher is going to be different from teacher to teacher to teacher, but you're all teaching flow yoga. So the next person that works with the Akashic records, they might work more specifically with like past life regression and support people with understanding a little bit more of their soul's history. But for me specifically, how I work in the records is I work with present moment. And if anything from your soul's past comes forward, it's to help you understand more specifically why you're showing up the way you are in the present moment. Yeah, I've had um, I've had mine read many times from a gal. I mean, probably ooh, five years ago now um, I've been working with their on and off. And I love how you just described that, that they're people, I mean, I didn't even think of that. Of course, everyone's going to read the records differently and, you know, bring, bring forward different, um, you know, obviously it's the same book that you're reading from, but bring forth different threads that might be more relevant to you. So, um, thanks for sharing that in case people who are listening might be also like, Oh, you know, is it a good idea to maybe, you know, try out different Akashic record teachers and readers, or should you primarily stick to one person? Yeah, great question. And, it also comes into like everyone has their own point of reference. Mm-hmm. So for example, if I'm doing a reading on your records and we're getting information about, for example, if you're open to it, like a star seed uh, lifetime that you had on another planet somewhere, I can give information on that, but because my point of reference, like that's not my, my super jam is to learn all about the Lemurians and the Pleiades and all of the different star seeds that are out there. So I can give information to you about that, but I might refer you if you're like, oh my God, I want to know way more about this, then I would refer you to an Akashic Record practitioner who totally jams out on this and can get way more details. But because I have sort of, I have more of a history in in the yoga energy uh, form of things, if someone is having um, a disturbance in, say, for example, their, their heart chakra, I can pull in from my point of reference a lot more information about what that represents, how it's showing up, where did it show up in your, in your soul's history um, in regards to someone else who's more, um, their, their jam is more working with the star seeds, right? Yeah. So yeah. everyone has a different point of reference and therefore it's not their own opinion that they're imposing on it. But there's only so far in the tunnel that I can go because I can't conceptually describe something I don't know. Yeah, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So if someone's listening and they're like, okay, yes, um, you know, this is like an even deeper layer to, you know, than just yoga and meditation. 
um, you know, how can people maybe start um, tapping into like that deeper layer of themselves? Oh, good question. Um, first, I think it's it's sitting with the understanding that um, are there any belief systems present that deny me the opportunity to explore this? So, so many of us are, I mean, I mean, our history is rooted in religion and societies where we're asked to just give away our empowerment in this field of being our own sovereigns of our own spirituality. So for the, for the individual that wants to go deeper, first, I would just invite them in their own meditation to increase the field of expansion in this area. Like, um, how can I, in this moment, be in closer communication with my guides and teachers? Can you come in and just sit on my shoulders? And you're just inviting your guides and your teachers to just come a little bit closer and get to know them a little bit because they work directly with the Akashic records. And you, your soul has actually handpicked these guides and teachers before you chose to incarnate. So how unfortunate that many of us walk through life denying the relationship with these souls that we ask to hold our hand in this lifetime. So I would say that that would be a beautiful first step would just be like, am I even open to appreciating that there might be more support available to me than what I'm giving myself credit for? Mm. and see where that takes you. Yeah. And one thing or that you've said now a couple times, and I kind of want to just get, I guess, your definition of it. If people listening are like, okay, what does that mean? You know, you've said spiritual sovereignty, um, you know, what kind of in your terms, how would you describe that to someone? So I'm going to back up just a little bit and just, um, offer flavor here a little bit. So there's this beautiful, like poignant time in history that we're all on the cusp of, um, which is there's, there's this deep recognition that, that there's a lot of universal global chaos that is going on in many different, in many different arenas. A lot of our, our structural systems are being exposed for, um, how they're just not working. And as they're starting to disintegrate, there's this, there's this clinging to these systems that is taking place because we don't know what the new is yet. And because we don't like our unknowns, even though the system doesn't work, we're like clinging to it in so many ways to, to, to make it stay because we just don't want the, the fear of the unknown to take over. And yet there's so many others that are like, let the system go because what I'm noticing is that I'm here for something big and I don't quite know how to um, explore that. I don't quite know how to explore that yet. So when we're looking at being sovereigns of our own spirituality, it's what I noticed with the pandemic as a yoga uh, teacher, something that's really important to me when I teach is, is empowering the people that are in front of me to feel as though they can do this practice without me in front of them. And, and, and I thought I did this really well, Andrea. And then when COVID hit and studios got shut down, I was getting numerous um, emails and phone calls of people saying like, I don't know what to do now because I can't do yoga because I can't come to your class. Mm. And I was like, whoa, like I have really missed the mark of, of a big intention of mine when I teach. I thought I was hitting it really well and landing it really well, but clearly I haven't. 
So I've sort of stepped back a little bit and been like, how do we do this? How do we create ourselves to be sovereigns of our own spirituality? Because so long as we are handing it over and giving it to someone else, we don't get to really know the, the essence of who we are. And what we're really good at is like, you know, we, we take the time to teach ourselves how to, how to have healthy meals, how to, how to create a physical um, regime for ourselves that we can follow. We teach ourselves how to how to learn new things, how to how to, you know, I want to expand my intellect. So I'm going to listen to these podcasts and I'm going to read these books and I'm going to take these courses and almost every area of our life, physical, intellectual, even emotional. Right. I mean, there's a there's a big um, acceptance nowadays of going to counseling and seeking uh, professional help if we feel like we need a, a better support with our emotional regulation but yet this one area of spirituality it's still something that i find oftentimes we like to hand it over to someone i want to go to the class and the, and the person tell me how to how to behave for the next week right or i want to put on a, a, an app and listen to a meditation um, a guided meditation which is absolutely fundamental uh, when we don't know where to start but then there's a point when we need to take the reins back a little bit. So for me, when I'm, when I'm speaking of sovereign, I love this word because it's, it's a hard word for us to hold. Sovereign has so many um, meanings to it from like, from like being very rich and regal and like, what is our relationship to that? Do we, are we comfortable with richness or do we find it something that's um, like, like, like self-centered and, and arrogant? And sovereignty is also like our highest self that is most closely connected to divine source. And are we comfortable being that close to God or source or universe, whatever word you want to put in there? And yet we have chosen to incarnate, to experience this, to experience our sovereign self in human form. So what I like to offer when I work with people is like, I'm not gonna tell you, Andrea, how to create that relationship with consciousness. But what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna hold an amazing crucible, this beautiful container of support. I'm gonna give you direction on what we're focusing on and you get to be fluid inside of my container to have the experiences you need to have to get to the point where you feel like you're in connection with consciousness in the way that you want to be. And the more that we can empower people to, to creatively explore this on their own, this is how I, I, I feel and is that we start to become sovereigns of our own being. I mean, you're speaking my language and yes, that's something that I also, you know, aim to do and to, to give to clients. And I was just reflecting as you were you know, sharing about that yoga class. Um, I just completed my 500 hour yoga teacher training and my 200 hour, you know, they emphasized a personal practice, but they didn't really go out of the way to like, tell us how to do one or really set us up for success there. Whereas this one that I'm completing, um, like that was expected, you know, like she taught us how to do it and, you know, was basically encouraging us every month, you know, we should be doing our practice and reflecting on it. And so, um, you know, that just kind of guides me, I guess, into the next question for you then, um, you know, how have you found that balance and have you been able to kind of find, okay, 
you know, cause you know, I love having a coach and um, someone to guide me, you know, when I'm trying to bust through those levels. So where's kind of that balance for you, you know, you know, as a leader and as a mentor to people that you find where, okay, I I've got to give them a few tools, but I also want them to fly on their own. Hmm. Oh, such a good question. Uh, so I think what we're talking about a little bit is the spanda, right? Like when do we need to contract and go into our own little cocoon and explore what's happening internally? And when do we need to expand like that elastic energy and be like, oh, okay, I, 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 in this moment, this is where I need to find the teacher, the, the support to, to lead and guide me. So that's the first place where I think um, I like to start with people. So whenever someone's coming into my field and, and, and they're, they're reaching out and we're having what I like to call a clarity call, which is basically just a free um, Zoom conversation that we have together to help. I support them in helping them get clarity on where they want to go next. And that is one of the big questions that I ask is I'm like, okay, what are your desires? And then if this is what you're desiring, why isn't it here? Mm. Why isn't it happening? And as we start to look at the block, sometimes the block is as simple as like, well, I don't, I, I don't know where to go. So it's like, okay, I'm going to give you a referral. Like, like you need to, you need to get money health in order. Here's a referral. I'm going to, I'm going to support you with, with someone that can help with that. And sometimes it's, it's an internal thing that has to happen. It's like, it's like, um, creating the the wherewithal to know that this can't happen just once in a while it has to be more of a consistent basis but when i hear in the language that the person that i'm that i'm having this conversation with is saying things like i just can't seem to stay consistent i'm doing the app i'm doing i'm getting the newsletters i just can't seem to be consistent so then i would say to them would you like someone to lovingly hold you accountable as you start to develop this for yourself? And if that's a yes, then that's an indication to me that that's a moment in their, um, their journey where they're recognizing that this is what I want, but I need someone to help to hold me accountable until I can get to the point where I can hold this on my own. So when we start off together, we are very much like deeply holding hands and very tightly clenched. And then as those four months unfold, we're, we're slowly le loosening the grip between each other's fingertips. And then there's some separation between the fingertips so that by the time we arrive at the end of the four months, they're at a place where they, th there's still some hesitation with the, oh my God, can I do this without the, the teacher? But there's definitely like 20% of that and 80% of like, I got this, I got this. Mm. And then when they're ready for the next step, awesome. They can go and fly and find, find another, another teacher. But it's, it's knowing when are we teacher addicted? That's a big piece. Mm -hmm. when, are we, when are we course addicted, teacher addicted? And if we've been doing these for so long and not, nothing's really happening, then that's the time to reassess. And when are we so stubbornly independent that we can't even see why we would... Like, like it's almost... Um, disgusting is a strong word but it's i i've worked with certain people that are like it's just so um weak for me to admit that i that i can't do this on my own 
Mm-hmm. And that's a big piece for a lot of people is that they're so stubbornly independent that they've created such a, a, a layer of separation around them that they forget that actually that we're, we're in this together, we're connected. And then when we get so connected that we're just like pulling on, we're just following all these different leads all the time. So to the point where we're absolutely scattered and we can't find our center, this is the sponda. When do I need to go in and when do I need to go out? I don't know if I answered your question. I kind of went off on a bit there, but does that no. do I, do I answer I, it? I think so. Um, yeah. I mean, I think that's, that's a key thing that, you know, you had said, and I think some of that too, you know, I have found sometimes people don't always have that, that inward. And my, I guess myself, even reflecting as you know, you were talking about like the program hopping and the coach hopping, I'm like, Oh, I've been there, done that. You know, I've ran my business now for going on 10 years. And in the beginning, I totally did that. Like I had no idea, you know, what I was doing. And then it wasn't until I started to kind of feel like, I don't know, almost bitter. I was like, okay, this is just not working. And then I did stop doing that. And I kind of went in, is there any way for people not to maybe hit those walls? Cause I've kind of, I now am at a place where I just hired a coach, you know, for, you know, 2022. And, um, I'm feeling really good about that, but I took the year off 2021 from any coaching. Cause I knew it was a year where I needed to go in and really focus on, you know, my yoga teacher training and really going through that inwardness. Um, but I, I know when I'm ready, but sometimes I found sometimes I don't, I'm like, I don't want to like put myself or even like yourself on a pedestal, but we've done a lot of this inner work and the yoga meditation. And sometimes people who haven't done that don't really know where that point is. They don't know when to go in and when to hire. Is there any guide or any suggestion you have for someone who might be struggling with that point? So they don't have to hit the rock bottoms on each side, which I have done in the past. Yeah, um, two points that I think you're, you're, you're highlighting here that I think are, are just so important to recognize. One, when we're pinging on like the end of the spectrum, that, that, that has value, even though it's like chaotic and crappy and it doesn't always feel good, uh, it has value. And you know it has value because it, it, it has created the abundance that you have experienced as a result of that. So it's the old expression, sometimes you got to hit rock bottom in order to see the light. Some, and what we forget is that there is, um, there is always, nothing is permanent. Nature teaches us that, nothing is permanent. So even in the darkest of nights, the, the sun does rise. Um, the other end of that is, you know, what, what you're, you're also describing is that you're now in this bit of a proactive phase where because you have this history of seeing the benefits of hiring a coach and seeing possibly when you've been overscheduled with programs and how both of those have served you in figuring out what it is that you want when you're overprogrammed, you've just spent a lot of money and you're not really focusing on anything in particular so everything kind of gets half done right Mm-hmm. And then when you have a really good mentorship experience, that sets you up for, for sort of having this, this, this eagle eye hunting in the background for when is the next time that I'm going to need a coach? So that when you landed on this 2022 coach, there is, there's this full body yes to it because you, you understood and appreciated that that was your next step. Mm-hmm. So can we avoid the pitfalls and the mountains? I, I think some people learn best by extremes. I do. I do. I really do. I think that some people literally. Raising my hand. Are, yes. Yeah. Probably like me. They, 
they come into this life with the intention of experiencing great contrast. Mm. That's part of why they've intent that they, they've, they've incarnated is like earth is where we get to experience contrast and I'm going down cause I really want to experience full contrast. Mm. So even though there can be like 10 people around you saying like, you know, you might not want to do that because I've done that. And you're, you are like, I got to walk through this on my own. And there are people that just need to learn by experience. And there's other people that learn by someone advising them. And they take that into account and they maybe don't go into those extremes because they're, they're taking in some advice of someone who's done that and it didn't work. Is one right or wrong? No, they, they both eventually if we if we trust the divine source we do arrive at the same place we all graduate we all choices are valid are valid and we all graduate so the person that avoids that that, that we're trying to um put into the container of avoiding the extremes we're almost in a sense denying the soul the experience that they came here to have and what's really hard is like my husband's like this too he has to walk through the fire in order to get it and as his wife, it's really challenging because it makes me so uncomfortable <laughs> to, um, to have to watch that when I know it's not necessary. Yeah. Hmm. And so it's like, who's having the, the who's really having a, a challenge here? The person going through it or the person trying to avoid the person going through it? Mm-hmm. And I don't know the answer to that, but... Mm lessons for everyone <laughs> yeah totally wow. yeah but do we um to, yeah so i just i i would almost answer that by saying the more you start to get to know yourself the more you understand your limits and you start to be proactive rather than reactive totally yeah yeah, that's and, why and that I, that's why Ayurveda yeah. was my, you know, kind of like into like really understanding myself. And, um, you know, I think everyone finds their own like kind of layer eventually, or, you know, Akashic records, I'm sure has that somewhere that you're like, okay, this is yours to experience this lifetime. And it all, it all yeah. is connected. hundred percent. Yeah. hundred percent. It's all connected. So, and then to just take that a little bit further, if someone's like, Oh man, but I just, I just don't want to walk through the fire again. Mm-hmm. So that's why I do offer these clarity calls is because like, sometimes we just want someone to bounce with us. Yeah. And if you're, if you're, if you're really trying to figure out your spiritual path and you're talking to the person who's really good at cuisine, that might not be the best person to be bouncing with. Mm. Right. So you want to be bouncing with someone who understands the the trajectory that you want to be on and is a little bit um, further ahead the trail so that they can give you some really practical um, tools to work with. Yeah. And that makes, that makes sense as a coach too, because like my strengths, I know, um, which I'm sure you probably are familiar with doshas, but the, like for me, Vata and Pitta, I work really well with Vata and Pitta because that's a lot of what my own property is for me. Kapha is always the hardest one for myself to work with because that's the least amount I have. And I don't have as many um, things that I can easily relate to on some of the struggles that maybe a kapha dosha would have versus the pitta and the vata. And so that's kind of one way that I see what you're kind of saying is, you know, finding that right guide and that coach that, you know, okay, yes, this is why you probably have the, 
I mean, this is why we jive with certain people on the internet is the energy that people, you know, have like via Instagram or social media, whatever other social media apps that you use. But that would be, you know, I think kind of what you're saying too. Yeah. And, and I agree with you. Like I also have a Vata Pitta constitution and I have different family members that are more Kapha and I have to oftentimes walk away because I have a hard time with the patience of how long it takes to, to take a step. Mm-hmm. And, and that's, and I know that that's my own um, nonsense that I have to, I have to not impose on the person that's in front of me, but that, that, um, that constant, like, do I do this or do I do that? Whereas like the cough of pit is more like, okay, let's try this. Boom. Didn't work. Okay. We're going to try this. Boom. Oh, it worked. Okay. Then what can we do to bring more of that in? And whereas cough is really like, sit back and and have a hard time making a decision and that for me is is hard for me to be patient with i'm like just try something right so yes yes so yeah so for those people i'm not a good fit for them i mean unfortunately we are family so so we are learning how to um navigate around each other but i'm i'm very confident in saying I don't think that I'm a good fit to um, counsel you on this. And she will say to me, she's like, but this is what you do for a living. And I'm like, I know, but I'm not a good fit for you. So I'm going to refer you to someone else who is a good fit. And it's not because I don't want to work with you. It's because like, I really wholeheartedly believe that this person is going to help you get to where you want to be rather than trying to, um, you know, friction against each other while you do this work. It's not fair to you. And that to me is how these clarity calls are my 100% um, intention is that I'm serving the person in front of me to get clarity. I'm not trying to find the weak point to bring them into my services. And that's the difference between shmimey sales and very authentic sales. Mm. Yes. A hundred times. Cause I've, I mean, I'm sure probably people listening to have hit that, you know, the pain point and where are you going to be in 10 years if you don't do this thing? And I'm always like, Oh, that does not feel good. Cause I'm also of the same board. Like I've been in business, you know, I've been in the wellness space for 14 years. I kind of know who I'm going to, you know, get along well with and be a good fit for and who I'm not. And I've had to tell people in the past, the same as you, like, I don't think we're going to be a, a good match, you know, personality wise. And, um, you know, again, it's not cause I, I don't like you or anything. It's just, I just know who I work well with and who I can help. And, um, you know, this coach is going to be a better option for you. So, and I think that's, you know, I think even us sharing that, like knowing that people are doing that, um, you know, puts a trust on in the, in this space, you know, not only for us as coaches, but people as consumers as well, knowing, okay, okay. Yeah. There are people who are not out there just to, you know, make a million dollars and service hundreds of people. Yeah. Yeah. And, and as you're sharing this, it's, it's bringing to mind, like there, there's one particular recent conversation that I had with someone where she was wanting to do, she was wanting to know more information about a program that I had. And then I started asking her, I'm like, well, you know, I, I know that you have A, B, C, and D, and F, and G, and H, and I all under your belt. Like, you, you do not need another course. But then when we started to tease into this, I was like, honestly, I feel like the, what needs your attention is your belief around money. Mm-hmm. You're in this beautiful wellness um, business, this profession of wellness and health, 
and they're, you're, you're offering such amazing medicine, but you're coming to me because you're burnt out thinking that you need another program to charge a higher amount. When in fact, I'm going to actually refer you to a business coach who can teach you about money mm. because you don't need another tool under your belt. What you need to do is get comfortable with charging what you're worth, mm. know what your value is and stop trading this hourly rate for, for dollar all the time because it's not serving you because you can't recharge in between enough and it's not serving them because you're not able to give them your full medicine. Mm -hmm. So in that situation, I was like, go like work out your, your, your belief systems about money. And that's, that's where I see your next steps are. Mm -hmm. And in that moment, she's having this aha moment of like, Oh my God, I, I don't, I am like a hundred percent. I don't need anything more to add. Like that was just so relieving for her to know that what medicine she has to offer is 100% wanted. What you want, what you want to offer is wanted. It is wanted, but you're not charging enough to be able to pay your rent and have some, some freedom in your life. Mm -hmm. And that aha moment for her gave her permission to exit the call, move in that direction. It's freeing for me because I've, I've, I, I know that I've, I've supported her in her next steps and it's clean. It's super clean energy between the two of us. Mm. Yes. Well, Heather, if people are listening and they want to know where can they connect with you at and where can they work with you at, um, where's the best place to find you? Uh, yeah. So my website is just Heather Ivany, H-E-A-T-H-E-R-I-V-A-N-Y.com, C-O-M. And if you go forward slash free course, there's... Um, an email drip. It's seven days. It's called the spiritual reset. And it's just a beautiful way to just start to explore how to reset your spiritual practice. And if you're interested from there in, in getting in touch with me and having a clarity call, you can email or text me and that's both available on my website. I love that. All right. Well, I just have one final question for you. Um, I always like to do a weekly challenge. And then when I have a guest on, I have you throw out the weekly challenge to the listeners. So what would you like that to be this week? Hmm. Weekly challenge. How can you meet yourself eye to eye this week? I love that. Thank you. And I don't think we've had that one. So thank you. Mm. Well, Heather, it was a delight getting to talk with you and, um, you know, getting to hear your voice and kind of virtually meet you for the first time. So thank you for sharing your wisdom with us. Oh, it's a pleasure, Andrea. And uh, yeah, I'm always impressed when people are, are so spontaneous with just like, let's just see how this flows. Let's just see how it goes. Um, very amazing to be in your presence. Yeah, <laughs> no, it was a great conversation. Thanks for inviting me to be a part of your program. Yeah, thank you. And everyone, mm. go out there and spread your peaceful power. Mm.